In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank all the parents who brought the children today. God bless you all. Because if we didn't have children in the church, there would be no church. So as a parent of five sons who suffered through Easter Sunday, especially during the sermon, trying to keep them all under control because they knew I wouldn't yell at them in church, uh, I would like to invite the young people to come forward, those that can walk and motor themselves, because we're going to have you guys do something while I talk to your parents. So I'm going to put you all to work so your parents can, can listen, all right? Where's Joey? Joey, I'm going to put you in charge, all right? You come here for a minute. I'm going to show you what to do. Now, you guys have a challenge here. You have to be quiet because I have to tell your parents what this is all about. I know you guys get the resurrection, but your parents, they need some help, okay? Yeah, I know. Don't worry. We'll, we'll straighten them out. Hopefully that will keep you busy, okay? Because Pastor Julie's sermon is not going to be that long today. All right. Hallelujah, Christ is risen! Hallelujah! Can you imagine those women going up to do what women do, take care of the body in the tomb, and discovering the stone has been rolled away, and the body is gone? How many times have we experienced the loss in our lives and we pray that it isn't true? We dream that it isn't true. And then we wake up to the realization that it is in fact true. Well, these women broke up and they discovered something unexpected, miraculous, incredible. It wasn't true. Somehow, Jesus had risen and was gone. They couldn't believe it. They thought it was an idle tale. We come here on Easter and there's a piece of us that just can't believe it. Did this really happen? Did Jesus overcome death? Is God that powerful? But we come on Easter because we want to say hallelujah. We want to believe it. We want to be re re reminded that God is powerful and has power over death. And that someday we will be reunited with those who have gone before. That all of us will have eternal life. We live in the hope of the resurrection. And we come to remind ourselves that there is life after this world. That we will be reunited with those who have gone before. That God does have power over death. But that's not the only good news of Easter. That's not the end of the story for us. We are an Easter people. We can have new life. We can experience resurrection now. But unfortunately, we live in a culture where we continually stand at the foot of the cross. Turn on the TV. And what you see, you see the earthquake in Haiti. You see the earthquake in Chile. The flooding in Rhode Island. The fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq. And after that, we see a 
a story about a young child who's been murdered. We see the latest tabloid scandal of the stars. We continually stand at the foot of the cross. We're like the people who go by an accident on the highway. We cannot take our eyes away from the tragedies and the things that are going on. Have you heard the expression, we are what we eat? No. Say, no. <laughs> well, let me, let me explain it to you. We are what we eat, and we are what we see and what we take in from the media. And when we're bombarded with those images constantly, that's where we've begun to be. We, we go to that place. What we are missing, that we don't see, that isn't communicated to us, are the stories of the resurrection. We don't see the rebuilding in Haiti. We don't see the medical supplies being dropped off in Chile. We don't see our soldiers playing soccer with the kids in Afghanistan. We don't see the restaurant who opens up and serves food on paper plates with bottled water for the people who have no potable water in Rhode Island. We don't see the resurrections. But we can live a new life. We can feel the power of the resurrection today. We have to have Easter in us. When we open our hearts, when we get that the power is there, that Jesus brings us the power, that we can change the way our life is today. In spite of the grief that we carry, in spite of the job that we've lost, in spite of everything that's happening in our life. But we have to change our perception of the world to one of resurrection and not one of standing at the cross. At the Stations of the Crosswalk in Rochester, it was very solemn. We're walking through the Beechwood neighborhood, neighborhood of poverty. And we were reading the Stations of the Cross, and we would stop at a place where somebody had been murdered in the city. It was incredibly solemn and eye-opening. And there was litter and abandoned houses and poverty and people sitting on their porches looking with despair and no hope. In front of me was Max and his friend Guangdong. Right, Max? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and they were walking the stations of the cross only like two seven, eight-year-old boys could walk. They are bouncing all over the place. And we're all walking, chanting, singing, and these kids are everywhere. Guangdong is from the Sudan. All, they have an incredible friendship, this young boy from Fairport and Wandung from the Sudan. And all of a sudden, Wandung grabs Max's t-shirt and he pulls him over to the side and he points down to the ground in the midst of these abandoned houses and litter and poverty and there's a flower blooming right there in the midst of it. A sign of resurrection that even the young can figure out in the midst of what goes on in the world today. So I have one question for you. Because you, you go out to the car and you'll say, well, the kids are cute decorating the cross. I don't know what she was saying, but you know. So hear me now or hear me 
What I'm telling you is you can have new life now. That the resurrection is now. That the gospel that we read every Sunday gives you a different perspective. The resurrection is now. So as my old manager used to say to me, what's stopping you? She was from Long Island. She had an attitude. <laughs> I'd say, I got this great marketing plan. She goes, well, what's stopping you? I'd say, well, I don't have funding for it. She goes, so what's stopping you? I said, well, I don't know if the division is going to fund this program. So what's stopping you? Well, I need to call the division. So what's stopping you? And she would just wail on me until I realized the only thing stopping me was myself. That's right. Preach it, brother. Said myself. What's stopping you from letting the power of the risen Christ unbind you and move the stone away so that we too can rise again and be the Easter people that we are. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed.